Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been too long. And since we've been doing this uh, COVID, so to speak, format of the show, MIP is COVID free, free to all subscribers during this pandemic, uh, which is now obviously turned into a police-demic as well. We've not had a chance in our abbreviated broadcast to talk to our friend. Uh, and we wanted to check in on her and hear how she's doing and get her thoughts on all things political in this craziest of moments. Um, she is a veteran journalist and blogger. Of course, it's SusanMadrick.com. She's a Philadelphia Philly uh, as well. Uh, and as always, she remains a contributing editor to one of our favorite websites, CrooksAndLiars.com. The wonderful, wonderful, we love her and we've missed her. Susie Madrick joins us on Make It Plain once again. Susie, how are yeah. you? I'm doing good. I uh, I actually had what what was probably coronavirus mm. for ten weeks. Mm. I just want to tell people that you know I'm somebody who was recovering from cancer. I have a lot of autoimmune problems. Um, I decided that I was not going to get really sick 
and I, I worked really hard. I was taking, do you, you ever take Sambacol? No. It's an elderberry extract. But anyway, years ago, a friend of mine who was a blogger named Melanie Matson, she had a blog called uh, Bump in the Beltway, and she was an expert in pandemic flu. Mm. And this was about 10, 15 years ago. And she told me to get some of this stuff. She said, and just stock up on it and keep it around. She said, because if there's a pandemic, it could save your life. So I've been taking it for years. I take it when I have any kind of cold or, you know, any kind of respiratory problem, flu, anything like that. So when I got sick, I started taking the Sambacol. I started taking vitamin D. I started taking zinc. And I started taking probiotics just kind of from everything I know about how the immune system works. So I just was right. kind of like doctoring myself right. and I kept it, I kept it to a fairly minimal level. There were a couple of mornings, there were two mornings when I woke up and I felt like I had cement in my chest. Mm. It felt like I couldn't really catch my breath. And I just took one of those like big giant massagers like you use for your legs and I used it all in here and on my, you know, where my lungs are in the back for like a half an hour. And then I could breathe again. So, you know, I just took a fairly aggressive stance that I wasn't going to let myself get really sick and die from this thing. Um, did So I've heard a lot of people have had to sleep on their stomach for relief. And, and so the lungs don't fill up. Did you do that too? No, I can't sleep because I, I, you know, have a CPAP. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I have to do this. But part of why I was doing this, th this thing with the giant massager is I remember when I was a kid, this was before they treated it with medication, that there was a family on my block who had a kid with cystic fibrosis mm -hmm. and how they would pound on their back to loosen up the phlegm so that they could, so that they could breathe. And that's why I, you know, it occurred to me to do this and it did help. So, yeah, but well, I just want to get it out there in case anybody else is adventurous and <laughs> wants to try these things. So you think the Simba call helped you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And the reason I know it helped me was every once in a while I would go to bed and I think, Oh, I forgot to take my last dose. I'll just take it in the morning and I would get up the next day and I would feel a lot worse. So as long as I was taking it regularly, I felt fine. But it's not cheap. It's like it's like sixteen bucks for a small bottle that lasts maybe four or five days. Mm. And I was taking it for ten weeks. Mm. So, you know, it was a lot. It was a it was a while. But now you also said you when you took the coronavirus test, you tested negative. Yep. And a lot of it has to do on which stage of your virus you have the reaction. I mean, you have the virus because you have to have a certain amount of viral load to test positive. And that will vary. Oh, I forgot to tell you the other thing that I was taking, which is a, a, a form of vitamin B3 called niacinamide. Mm -hmm. Not niacin, niacinamide, which is different. Um, which has an anti-inflammatory property. And the, the reason I thought to take this was, I know that when I had to go get allergy tests a couple of years ago, the, the doctors told me I, had, I couldn't take my allergy medication for like four days before the tests because they wouldn't be accurate. You know, it would, it would uh, hold back my reaction. Mm 
And the thought of going four days without that was, you know, pretty, pretty annoying because, you know, my sinuses would just swell up and hurt and everything. So I said, well, is it all right to take niacinamide because it's an anti-inflammatory? And they said, oh, sure, that won't, that won't affect anything. Well, it did affect everything because when they gave me the allergy test, I didn't show up as allergic to anything. And anybody who knows me knows I am allergic to virtually everything. So that I was taking too, because again, that was something to cut back on inflammation while I was sick. So I don't, you know, I don't really know if all of this worked, but I think it did. So you were saying that it depends on the stage. So what's you, so were you, when you took your test, was this in the, when you, in the early part of when you thought you might have had symptoms? About or what? three weeks. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I think it took, and plus various uh, types of the tests, some are more accurate than others. So, so did you go to, you I don't know what kind of got. Test? Pardon me? You went to the hospital to take the test? Yeah, it was like one of those drive up things. So you felt symptoms and you yeah. went to take the test. So other symptoms, did you have, did you lose your sense of smell? I did after about mm, four or five weeks. And yeah. the reason... <laughs> It was funny because I'm constantly at war with the mice in my apartment. And the reason I knew that I lost my smell was one morning I woke up and all of a sudden I could smell and there was a dead mouse somewhere in my bedroom and I couldn't tell where it was. Wow. And it the stench was just, and it must have been that way for a while because, but I couldn't smell it. You can smell it. Yeah. So that, well, see, this is what's weird about this like long-term form of the virus, you get all kinds of weird symptoms that come and go. And, and I've talked to other people who had it and they all sort of describe it in the same thing. They said, it's like a burglar going through your house and trying all the doors to see where they can get in. Mm. It's like you get a, a sore throat. I didn't have a cough until the last round that I had it. But when I had the cough, it, it only lasted for like I, like maybe a day and not a whole day, like a half an hour the first time, then maybe like 15 minutes at night. But it was the worst cough I ever had. Like it, it felt like people were, you know, raking razor blades in my throat. It was just horrible and I couldn't stop coughing. So that was weird. What were some of the other things? Um, and I never really got a, big, a fever. I got like... My normal temperature is like 97.2. So some of my, sometimes my fever would go up to like 98.1. So for me, that's, that's a low fever, but you know, it's not enough to get you in the hospital or anything. So Susie, when you were going through this, I'm really curious about this and this is fascinating. Were you scared? Did you think you were going to die? Well, the, the, the part where I couldn't breathe was really scary. The, the mornings that I woke up and it felt like there was something in my chest. But that, that happened twice. That was like a month apart, twice. Um, that's pretty terrifying because, you know, you, you read all the stories about the ventilators and stuff and who, who wants that? Right. right. Um, that was scary. The other stuff, it, it just got to the point where it was more... It was stressful, but not terrifying. 
Okay. You know, it, it was like, it's like knowing, it's like having a ghost in your house. You know what I mean? It, it, and it's like you, you hear noises and you footsteps and stuff and you don't know where it is and you're looking over your shoulder and that's what it felt like. You never knew what, what it was going to do next. Mm. You know, you just get a lot of weird symptoms and it drags on forever. I mean, 10 weeks, that's a long time. You're fully recovered? I think I am. Uh, there, it happened once before that I had like two weeks where I just felt much better and then it came back again. So I'm hoping that this time it's just gone for good. Wow. So in, you took, uh, what was it called? Sim? Simbacol? Simbacol. S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L. Get it any Rite Aid, Walgreens, CVS. That's good to know. And let me write that down. And you also took some B3? Yes, but the niacinamide. See, there's two forms of B3. One is niacin, the one that, that makes you flush real bad when you take it. Okay. That's not the one. It's the other one. Niacinamide. Yes. And um, vitamin D, I was taking 10,000 units a day, which is a lot, let me tell you. Okay. And I think it was 10 milligrams of zinc twice a day. Gotcha. I take vitamin D too. I was already on that. Probably saved me because that's been in my regimen for a few years. So now, did you take also, in, in terms of all those, did you also take um, hydroxychloroquine? <laughs> I completely forgot. I completely forgot. I wanted to because I, you know, I wanted to be a patriot about it, but I just forgot. I don't know. Listen to him sometimes makes you want to take it just to end it all. Cause you know, everything about it, him gives me that feeling. <laughs> I know. I know. And God forbid, um, we don't figure out a way to stop him. Um, so, so let, let, let's talk about a couple of things. Um, he, what happened on Saturday was a total fiasco. It was hilarious. If you were like me, you were on Twitter Saturday night, just, I mean, it was just glorious the way the people were wearing him out on Twitter. Uh, Arizona the other night, another disaster. Um, what, 3000 people in a mega church. Um, he's looking pretty bad right now and then he admits he brags i told him to slow down the testing i mean that's you know that's manslaughter the thing i just keep telling people is that even if they try and steal the election which of course they will right. and the russians may try and help or the chinese or or you know iran whatever um the ways that you can steal an election like that are count on there not being a large turnout. So a large turnout is our best guarantee that we will have an accurate and fair election. Because um, I still think that the, you know, regardless of whether they'll admit it or not, I still think the Russians actually infiltrated the voting databases and switched them. And not in the way that people think, where they just went in and changed everything. 
Um, the way that you would do that to steal an election is you would just go into like specific precincts that were kind of marginal and you would just add three or four votes. Right. You know, and I, I don't know why they wouldn't have done that. And I honestly don't believe they would tell us if that's what happened. Right. You know, because they would feel like it would be too much of an uproar and, you know, and that he wouldn't be a legitimate president. And then what do they do? So I think that if they did know it, they just let it go. But don't we also see in terms of what he's doing, the, the other part of Putin's plan to destabilize this country yeah. and take it into chaos. I mean, because specifically, the world is suffering from the pandemic, but it's only here that you've had a major leader decide to ignore the signs. As he said the other night, or last the other night, he said uh, he didn't know what the 19 meant. COVID-19, which was the 19 for, what does the 19 mean? Fool. Meant it was uh, discovered in 2019, which you were made aware of and didn't do anything about. It. In no other country do you have a pandemic and a police demic simultaneously. Now, other parts of the world are in, which is incredible, and I'm sure you agree, how other parts of the world are out in the streets demonstrating with us around the police demic. I mean, it's, it's just total instability and Putin gets something out of that too. Oh yeah. Especially in Europe. Um, I mean, he's been trying to destroy NATO through Trump. If he gets, if we can get him out, I mean, it's going to be a threat to the whole world. I think we can get him out. Um, the problem that I see, like one of the things that really upset me, I don't know if you saw that the, former managing editor of The Intercept is now in charge of the New York Times opinion section. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Who was that? Uh, Charlotte um, Greenson. Okay. Okay. And she was one of those people who was dive bombing at Hillary Clinton all during the election the last time. And I could, and, you know, The Intercept has never seen a Democrat that they actually like. True. And, First of all, it kind of disturbs me that the Times hired her. Right. And it disturbs me even more to think about what she might do. Mm. I really wish there was a way to tell people, you know, like to give them a warning, like that, you know, don't take this literally because it's just somebody, you know, blowing smoke out their ass. But I am concerned about what she'll do. I think people have to understand that there's really nothing that can come up that's true. We already know all the stuff about Joe Biden. We already know the stuff about the people he's considering for vice president. Don't fall for it. Like, if, you know, if it's Kamala Harris, don't start that Kamala's a cop bullshit. Just, but you know they're going to do it. You know, well, some people will do it, but you have to understand that this is just not the time to do it. You know, it's just not the, and, and it's not true anyway, you know, but whatever, just, um, people have to understand this. We're, we're really at a turning point for democracy here. And it, when I hear some of these arguments, especially on places like Twitter, I think it's like somebody who, whose house is on fire and they turn around and start arguing with their, their wife 
I told you we shouldn't have painted that that wall that color. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. It, it's like deal with the fire that's going on and then worry about the rest of the stuff. Whom do you like for vice president? I like Kamala. Okay. A lot. Um, I like Val Demings. I just don't think she's um, charismatic enough. I think I think Trump. I think uh, Biden against Trump. He needs somebody who's kind of jazzy, you know. Mm-hmm. Somebody who has a, who has a little bit of charisma to them. And I don't think that Val does that much, or at least I haven't seen it. I haven't seen much of her personality. Um, she seems to be a very serious legislator you know, all that stuff, but I don't get a good sense of her personality from what I've seen of her. Okay. Um, On that basis, I think think Kamala will activate a lot of um, young black female voters. Anybody else? What about Stacey Abrams? I like Stacey. I don't think she's ready to be president. Mm -hmm. I think she's, she's a brilliant mind. She's very strategic. I mean, every interview I've ever seen with her has just knocked me over. But, you know, I was an executive recruiter and we look at resumes and you don't put people in a job that they don't have any experience in because if they're in over their head, then you're screwed. Everybody's screwed. Aaron Zelensky has testified um, that Roger Stone was being treated very differently by the Justice Department than any other defendant, the former DOJ official. No surprise there, right? Nope. No surprise at all. And what about the uh, Court of Appeals ordering the judge to drop the Michael Flynn case, that is totally unprecedented. Well, that's a panel. And from what I understand, any of the judges on, on the, in that district can, can call that back and rehear it. Yeah. So, and I, I suspect that that's what will happen. But uh, yeah. what, I That was three judges. They, they can do a whole thing. You're right. Yeah. Three judges made the decision. The whole court though yeah it's called an on banc hearing right and what and that just needs one to call it back right and see the dangerous precedent is and if you let that go i mean they'll start doing that in a whole lot of other cases and that's just absurd i mean you i don't you rarely see a court of appeals just undermine a sitting judge's authority like that without some type of i mean normally a court of appeals intervenes when the trial judge has made some type of mistake. Yeah. But this whole writ of mandamus, like, you know, this was life and death. No. I'm constantly amazed at how far they'll go. And again, this is why I get upset when I hear people saying, well, I'm not, I'm not going to vote for this one. I'm going to write in this person. I'm going to do that. And I'm like, not only do you have to vote for Joe Biden, you have to give him a Democratic House and Senate to get anything done. You can't let these idiots control things anymore. I mean, I saw Mitch McConnell on Twitter today bragging about how there's now no open seats in the federal judiciary and how they filled 200 slots. And I'm like, you stole them. You stalled the Obama nominations. And then you push through all these incredibly incompetent people just because Trump was president. 
and you're bragging about it? Mm. This is this is crazy. I think we have a little bit of Zelensky audio. Okay. And and I want you to hear it and others to hear it. Let me see if I can if I can make this work. First, we were pressured to reduce the initial sentencing guidelines calculation for Mr. Stone without any clear legal rationale for doing so. When we refused to go along, we were instructed instead to disregard the guidelines entirely. I was repeatedly told the department's actions were not based on the law or the facts, but rather on political considerations, Mr. Stone's political relationships, and that the acting U.S. attorney was afraid of the president. Shortly after I informed the office of my intent to withdraw, office leadership changed its position and allowed us to file a sentencing memorandum properly calculating the guidelines and seeking a guideline sentence. But at 2.48 a.m. that morning, the president tweeted that the sentencing memo was horrible and very unfair. Later that day, we learned the department was going to issue a new sentencing memorandum, mischaracterizing the application of the sentencing guidelines. We were not allowed to see the new proposed memo. We weren't even told who was writing it. All right. Were you able to hear that, Susie? Mm-hmm. What other person could get here with something like that? What do I think? I think that we're, we are really, really, really close to losing whatever semblance of a democracy we have left. And this isn't a time to make fine distinctions. This is, you know, this is a, a five alarm fire. Mm-hmm. When you have the president of the United States and his appointees twisting the judiciary to take care of his friends, yeah. you know, that's, that's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Barr, oh my God. I, you know, I saw that Jerry Nadler over the weekend when the thing first came out about him trying to um, uh, get Berman to quit. He said, well, there's no point to impeaching him because the, the Senate won't do it and it would be a waste of time. And I thought, I don't really care whether it's a waste of time. This, I mean, we have to do something. We have to do something. Because imagine the harm that these people can do just over the next six months. Right. You know, I just, no, we have to impeach them. And this time we have to push the Senate a lot harder. Yeah, we yeah. You know, right. Of course, they're never going to pass it, but, you know, it, it reminds voters what's at stake. Yeah. The, you mentioned some of these ads, too. You wrote about that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. The uh, Project, Midas Touch. I mean, yeah, these are Project Lincoln ads. and... Um, the priorities USA. Priorities USA. These are devastating ads. How can this not um, cost him the election? And these ads are getting millions of views. There's a lot of crazy people out there, Mark. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, what they call an economic sunk costs. People have already spent so much time defending Trump, they can't go back anymore. You know, and they're just going to defend them to the bitter end. I don't get it, but I, but I think, but on the on the bright side, I think a lot of people have. He's losing his base. A lot of the base are are losing, are are leaving, and going with Biden, which is kind of surprising. Did you happen to see the thing with um, the interview that Stephen Colbert did with John Bolton last night? No, no I didn't. I missed it. Well. He, Stephen Colbert was really pissed. He was like, you know, you've dealt with some of the worst people in the world. How could you not know what Trump was like? 
Well, I thought it might not be that bad. <laughs> and I mean, and, and Bolton has been somewhat of a gift for us. I'm surprised Bolton's even being as honest and forthright as he is, Susie. Well, but, he, but he says he can't vote for Biden. He said, well, because, you know, he's, he's captive to the left. He's captive to the left and, and, and other people. And Colbert really let him have it. He's like, you look at Hillary Clinton and you, you, look, at, you look at Joe Biden and you can make a comparison? Like, what would they do that's so much worse than what's going on now? And Bolton just goes, well, you know, I hear you. What does that mean? So who's he going to vote for? I guess he's going to write in or do a libertarian, you know, the, the way they do. He'll probably write his own name in. <laughs> oh, I think he's too shy and demure for that, don't you? Washington Post reporting uh, as of Wednesday, June 24th, new corona cases in the U.S., reach their highest single day total. So these reopenings are really not timely or responsible, are they? No. <laughs> no what's, going on, what's going on in Philadelphia? Uh, Philadelphia has, is about to open some things. I think tomorrow, no, Friday, they start to open like outdoor restaurants. Um, oh no, they opened outdoor restaurants this week. That's right. Um, I don't know. They're, be, they're being pretty cautious. And um, Governor Wolf is saying, you know, that if there's another big uptick, we, we'll have to shut down again, which is fine. I don't think anybody here is all that worked up about it. I mean, you see a lot of people in the comments section of the, the local paper, you know, saying the same kind of stuff, but you don't see people like that out in public. Most of the people here are still wearing masks. Um, a lot of the people in my neighborhood have family that works in hospitals and you know they're not that stupid <laughs> yeah in your case what have your doctors said if you've just had that and fought through it is there any chance that somebody or you in your position could get it again i don't know nobody knows <laughs> Wow. But, you know, there's a different strain. I just always go on the assumption that either I'm contagious or the other people in the room are contagious. Right. So if I have to go anywhere, um, I wear a mask and I only want to be around other people who are wearing masks. Right, right. Are you going out much or are you pretty much staying home? I pretty much, yeah, I work from home. I don't have a lot of reason to go out that often. And right. I won't go to a supermarket yet because... You know, your chances of getting it are much higher, the higher the viral load. And when you go into a store where you have all these people talking and laughing and sneezing and whatever, and it's all getting all over the floor, I don't want to walk there. How do you feel about baseball coming back? Uh, you know, I was just talking to my sister about this. I said, if these guys really want to play, you'd think they would have stayed home and worn masks. You know, because they just, I think a bunch of the Blue Jays just tested positive today. And I think four more of the Phillies. It's like, I remember when this first started, there was a picture, there's something on Instagram with uh, Bryce Harper and he's like going, 
you know, I don't, I'm not wearing a mask. And, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I got the impression that he was saying God would protect him. And I know that I was not the only person who called the Phillies front office and said, he is presenting a really bad example and you better crack down on him. You did that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they take your calls, don't they? Cause you're, Oh yeah. Well, no, I mean, they, you know, they take everybody's calls mm -hmm. if you know where to call. <laughs> and it was like, no, you, you know, what kind of idiot are you? Bryce, put, put your friggin' mask on if you're going outside. Wow. <laughs> but you know, so, so now it just, it just seems like they're all sick. What were but they I don't doing? Get. How did they, all, I got sick in a hospital. You know, I got sick in a hospital, staying overnight in a hospital. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know. That's what happened. Okay. Yeah. So. You were there for something else. Yes. So if, you know, so if that's how I got sick, what were all these people doing? What were all these ball players doing? Were they just going out to eat and, and you know, and partying and stuff? Wow. You know, like, do, do they not have, I mean, look, I've known ball players. I've even dated a ball player, but it's like. Major League. Huh? You dated a major leaguer? No, not a major leaguer, minor leaguer. But it's like, they're not the sharpest tools of the shed. Okay? They're not. They're, they're, and, and a lot of it is because they, of course, as soon as they start making money, they become Republicans. And they start watching a lot of Fox News. And, you know, they're just, they're just not that bright. They're not that intellectually uh, gifted. They know how to figure out plays, but you know their intelligence is is focused on very specific skills, and not the world at large, right. and especially not politics. Mm. You know, whereas like that, it's it's kind of funny that football and the NFL, you get guys who are more politically astute, and these are guys who get hit in the head a lot, right? And th those are the guys who are actually paying attention and can sort of draw conclusions from what they observe. Right. Baseball players, not usually. Not usually. Hmm. Wow. But, but really, why, why are they all sick? They've known all year that this was building up to some kind of reopening. And that part of the, if you go to the gym and you work out and you do all that other stuff, why wouldn't you take care of yourself by wearing a mask? What I'm not clear on, do we know whether or not um, they're going to be fans or they're not going to play in front of fans? I don't think they're playing in front of fans. Right. Okay. They, they should have like a, an applause soundtrack, you know, the, the roar of the crowd all that kind of stuff. It's not going to be the same without it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, if they could do it right, uh, you know, they could get some young kid. To, you know, did, you, did you find yourself, because I know you, you love baseball like I do. Did you find yourself looking at any of the Korean baseball? On no, I was actually watching the Phillies reruns on Comcast. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was really funny that the I was watching the 2008 playoffs and World Series. Okay. And even though I knew how it ended, and I even know, you know, knew which play would end it, yeah, I was still very 
excited and waiting to see how it would turn out. Okay. That's how desperate I am. It's full. Did they go did they go back to any of the really old ones like nineteen eighty or anything? In terms I of replays? I didn't see any back that far. They might have. Cause that was the other big year, wasn't it? Tug McGraw. That was nineteen eighty, right? Yeah. 80, was it 80 or 83? I think it was 80. Yeah. Steve Carlton, Pete Rose, Tug McGraw. They beat... Didn't they beat Kansas, Kansas City? City? Yeah, they beat Kansas City. Yeah. That was 1980. Okay, I have a good, I have a good baseball story from the night that they won. Okay. My brother and I, were we drove downtown because, of course, there was bedlam and people were honking their horns and parading around downtown. And as we were headed back on a, on a side street, we pulled up alongside, oh, a guy like zoom in front of us and, and tried to cut us off. And my brother, who's like six foot four, got very annoyed. And he pulled up and zipped around them. And, you know, he has his window down because I think it was, it was hot. And um, it was Pete Rose and Pete Rose's manager, I forget his name, um and pete Petey jr and i can't remember his name bob boone's kid who's a player now right you mean a manager now um okay a manager. Yeah. he was a player at some point and right. they were all in the back seat and uh he, he looks at my brother who's like a, you know a pretty big guy and, he, and he's like uh hi and i and i just went hey pete and he goes yeah and i went Nice catch. <laughs> That's he looks scared because I got to tell you, man, those those crowds for those sports championships, they are nuts. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time that the, uh, the Flyers won the Stanley Cup. And I was in a Volkswagen and a bunch of guys picked, picked me up in the car and tried to turn the car over. Wow. Wow. And actually, I had that happen. Let's see, in eight, in in two thousand and eight, like an idiot, I went downtown, and there were a, I guess mostly Temple students, like this one whole intersection on Broad Street, and I couldn't move, and they were trying to turn my car over. And one guy, I swear, he was like my guardian angel. This guy just like comes out of nowhere. And he just points and he goes, go there. And I just took off and, you know, there was an opening in the crowd and that's how I got away, hmm. you know, but it was, it was a little scary. And I, I, I've sworn off, but fortunately we haven't had any celebrations since then. Um, yeah. Since you mentioned it, Pete Rose, should he be in all? <sighs> well, all things considered, yeah, yeah, because as as he keeps pointing out, now we have MLB betting on the teams, mm. you know, and it's like, you know, he's got a point there. And he didn't bet on his own games. I just, I don't know. He, he was such a hustler. He really was. He was such a hustler. I never saw anybody work as hard. My uh, husband and I used to go to the ballpark just to watch the Cincinnati Reds because they were just so good with him on them, you know, and yeah, why not? I mean, look at, look at all these guys with the uh, ceiling signs. Nothing's happening to them. Yeah. Right. Now that's ridiculous. 
That yeah. is ridiculous. The yeah. best, the pandemic was the best thing to happen to the Astros. Yep. Yep. So all things considered, it, it wouldn't bother me if Pete Rose was in the hall. So can the Phillies do something in a 60 game, 60 game schedule, do you think? I don't know how many of them are sick. <laughs> Did you all sign anybody major over the, uh, over the break? Over the winter. Oh, over. we signed we signed a high school pitcher. Okay. And you all still have Andrew, right? You still have Andrew McCutcheon. We what? We we we, we traded him. No, you still have him. Oh, right? we still have him. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think you all took good care of him. Andrew's a good ball player too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So is is Bryce going to be okay? You think? I don't know. I, I hopefully he's trying to take care of himself because his wife's pregnant again. Yeah. So you know, you would think he'll want he'd want to go out and uh, take care of himself, be around for his kids. So yeah, Aaron Boone is now the manager of the Yankees. Oh, okay. That's that's who I saw. Right. That's who we saw that night, which was pretty funny. <laughs> well, Susie, look, I'm glad that you are feeling better. You've been on my mind. Continue to take care of yourself. I will. And, and I just want to tell people, even a mild case is extremely unpleasant. I mean, I was so tired. I've never been so tired, tired in my life. I was taking naps like two, three, four times a day. You know, so don't get it if you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. What I want to tell people, people, a lot of people have been napping a lot just in the pandemic, just from being at home. I mean, everybody's sleep pattern is always crazy. Yeah, but there's difference between taking a nap because you're bored and taking a nap because you can't function. You just can't function. Yeah, I hear you. You know, and and that was that was pretty depressing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, like the most I could get done in a day was like loading the dishwasher. You know, and then I'd have to go lie down and take a nap. That that's that sucks. You know, I like to get stuff done. So, Here. but anyway, it was so nice to see you and uh, good to see you baseball. too, folks. Crooksandliars.com, Susie Madrick on Twitter. Follow her, always insightful, always direct. Thank you, Susie. Thank you, Mark. Good talk to you soon. All right, talk real soon. Take care of yourself. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.